Hey well, all. <laughs> this is Chris. That was Victoria. We are Crime Therapy. The views and opinions expressed on the show are solely for entertainment purposes. These views and opinions do not reflect the views of our employers and are not intended for legal. Well, are not intended for legal, diagnostic, or therapeutic purposes. So, you know, we're not actually doing this for any reason besides just for fun. For funsies. Funsies. Okay, so my current event is um, a little bit more sad. So the U.S. carries out first execution of female inmates since 1953. And this is an ITV.com article. Um, so Lisa Montgomery was recently executed. She was a Kansas woman who had strangled an expectant mother. And she performed like a crude C-section and took her baby. Um, and she was like the first woman to be executed i think at a federal level because somebody else was Mm -hmm. executed Mm -hmm. a few years ago yeah so she was 52 um she received a lethal injection at the federal prison complex in indiana and she was the 11th prisoner to receive a lethal injection since july since july you guys because stupid trump uh resumed federal executions following 17 years without one so she didn't say anything as her last words and um her lawyer said This is a beautiful quote. The craven bloodlust of a failed administration was on full display tonight. Everyone who participated in the execution of Lisa Montgomery should feel shame. Yeah, the government stopped at nothing in its zeal to kill this damaged and delusional woman. Lisa Montgomery's execution was far from justice. So basically, um, she did something horrific, right? She killed 23-year-old Bobby Joe Stinnett. in 2004, she used a rope to strangle Miss Dinnett, who was eight months pregnant, and then she removed the baby girl from her stomach with a kitchen knife. Apparently, um, I know it's super graphic, Bobby Joe actually woke up, I think, during the <gasps> process and tried to fight her off. Um, and then I think she ended up um, strangling her. She took the baby, and she actually, like, pretended that the baby was her own. Um, the problem is, though, that... Montgomery said that she had suffered like years of abuse, abuse, including sexual torture, gang rapes, um, and had also been like um, victimized like her entire childhood. And the family already had a history of mental health issues. So they were very unsure. Like even the judge said at the time that he was unsure if she understood that she was being sentenced to death. And she had had brain damage or brain scans. Mm-hmm that showed that she had actual brain damage. So I thought you're not supposed to do that. I thought that was a no-no. What, execute somebody who has brain damage? Well, like someone who has like not the mental capacity to understand like what's happening to them. Isn't that cruel and unusual punishment? Uh Yes, yes, yes. Oh, is it now? (laughs) Yeah, the judge said that she also suffered around the time of the killing from an extremely rare condition called Oh my God, and I should know how to say it. It's pseudocystosis. I always mess this word up, but it's in which a woman's false belief is that she is pregnant and it triggers hormonal and physical changes as if she were actually pregnant. She also experienced delusions and hallucinations believing God spoke to her through connect the dot puzzles. Hmm. Yeah. So basically multiple people knew that she was ill but i think it was because the gruesomeness of the crime and she 
she had looked up how to perform a C-section and she did, she kind of planned this. She drove 170 miles from her home to um, Bobby Joe's home under the guise of adopting a puppy. And it just, I think that that's the real problem is, I mean, A, like killing a pregnant woman is just horrific, right? No one is ever going to like argue that. And I think the fact that she planned it also horrific as well. Mm-hmm. But I also go, oh, do we believe in executing people who are not? Yeah, I think that's the que- I think that was a couple questions I had about this too. Like, did she know Bobby Joe was pregnant prior to this? Like, was this really truly planned? Was this opportunistic? Was she planning to go for the puppy? And like, no, oh, she, you're she pregnant? looked up C-sections beforehand. Yes, but. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I guess Did she know the woman. I don't actually. That's know that. what I'm curious. Like, was it just like if it's that pseudo, like I feel like I'm pregnant kind of thing? Was she just looking for research purposes? Was she just trying to know? Like, what was her mental state in the time of the killing? Super curious about that. Um, and I know this is just an article, so we can't totally jump total all into into it. But I think you're right. That idea that like the the brutality of it, the intensity of it, like that's really like. Ugh. Uh, and then just that idea of like, oh, and then she's trying to claim the child as hers too on top of it. Like that's just. But hmm. I think even that kind of shows me like, I don't think this is always the case, but I do think, I think most of us know that is not a rational thing you could get away with. Like you would never be able to say, oh, I had this baby randomly. Like they would be like, where's the evidence? Where? So like they do blood work, you know? Like, I mean, there's things like that where it's like, you're never going to get away with that. And if you were in your right mind, um, you might know that. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, this is not the first time we've heard that kind of case too. Yeah. Like those I Survive stories where like, people I have had murder. this. Yes, like those kinds of attacks have happened, do happen for women who are pregnant. They are definitely susceptible to violence because they're slower. You know, they have this kind of thing that other women might want. Okay, so um, this will air, I think, at a time where I can actually talk about being actually pregnant right now. But like I've been pregnant, you know, for over four months now. And I was just telling Alex like two days ago, I feel like an elderly woman. Like my <laughs> hurt, my back hurts. I'm fatigued. I can't breathe as well. Even carrying like little things, everyone's like, "Oh, you gotta be careful." I'm like, "Yeah, but this isn't heavy." And then I'm like, I start feeling cramping and pain, and I'm like, "Drop it." <laughs> yeah, no, and it's like it's it's definitely a vulnerable position to be in. And I never understood that until I finally got pregnant and was four months pregnant, going, "Huh." I don't have the capabilities to do these things. Huh. Well, I just think about that too. Like this is the first woman that's been, you know, set to death for a crime like this in what, over 50 years. Right. And then on top of that, like, this is not the first time that this type of crime has happened. So like, what is that saying about why her case is different? like I that's something I'm curious about like why the death penalty for her if other cases like this are known have been known I don't quite know because I thought this was a federal execution and I was wondering mm-hmm. like it was yeah federal death row but which state she was found to be in or is that's it because she crossed point. state lines because it said Ooh. she drove 120 miles that's a big... and like you know some states don't have the death penalty either so so okay if I remember correctly she was from Kansas. She went to Missouri. It seems I'm not. I'm not getting like. A she's a Kansas <laughs> woman. Yep. yep. Um. So that that could be what happened, and then maybe like the fact that it became a federal case. 
uh, was that, yeah, I mean, it's just a bummer. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is sad, right? Because like, I think we've talked about this too. It's like, I sometimes go, yeah, if like the, the death is gruesome enough or if like, like, like you're a serial killer, I believe in that penalty. Like there are other things where I'm like, if you do something over and over and over, I, I do kind of feel like, yeah, like I wish we could just execute you and go. But the problem is that like the system doesn't play out that way. Like why did she get executed and like no one else gets executed? And also you, she, she's got a pretty serious history of mental illness. And it's not even just like, oh, somebody went through and tested her or we like doc, we even, there, there was documentation for years. They actually did a brain scan that showed that there was brain damage. So there was physical evidence that said, like, something is not functioning well, and that could influence your ability to make decisions. Yeah, that's why, like, that's why I was kind of curious, like, is this, was this a crime where she, like, just wanted the, like, wanted a puppy and, like, oh, this woman's pregnant and, like, hopped on it? Or was it, that's why I'm curious. Like, I mean, I go on, like, weird search binges all the time of, like, so I could totally see myself being Looking Googling. How does, yeah, like, how does a C-section get performed? Or how does this get happened? Like, I do that all the time. So I'm just, like. But she did say that the baby was her own. And I think she had told people she was mm, pregnant. So I think there's this part of, like, Oh, needed she... to kind of, like, follow up with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I just. I mean, I know we, sucks. we have to change our podcast to, like. Crime and the death penalty or something because every time we cover it. But, but also, hopefully when Trump's not in office, we don't have to discuss many more death penalty cases because he's going to fucking bite and hopefully we'll suspend the death penalty. God, or they won't be as frequent. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, yeah, I think this is like, what, the like sixth or seventh one? Like in the last six what, what, months? Eleventh prisoner to receive a lethal injection since July. Ugh. Yeah, like you're you're executing more than one person a month. I just feel like it's just so silly. He wants to be. He's like, I'm a crime and order president, but he's like, I'm gonna incite violence. And so I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, you can't. This is not a buffet. You cannot pick and choose. I mean, people like <laughs> to do that. My one of the coworkers I have loves to talk about how like treatment is not necessarily like the way you want it, and she loves to say this is not Burger King. You cannot have it your way. <laughs> this is the structure. This is the expectations. Yeah, like, that's no. true. That's true, right? I mean, also like that's hypocrisy. Is like mm-hmm. I believe in A, but not B, even though like A and B fit into the same category. It's like I mean, and you're allowed to do that as a person. Well, was, you can't say you're this. You know. I, I saw a TikTok recently that cracked me up. It was like the, the topic was if you had a Venn diagram, what would A be? A be A the circle B and B circle B that would actually make a full circle. And it was like, I'm gonna butcher this, but it was just like the idea of um people who believe that like vaccines are dangerous or like uh something like that. Like you should listen to the doctors, but vaccines are dangerous. Like, what? <laughs> Yes, that's super funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love people. I love the mental gymnastics that people do because I'm just like, how? How did you get from point A to point B and somehow skip around? Those cognitive distortions, man, just are a damn trip. <laughs> huh? Isn't it wild? No, like the fact that you could be like, 
I don't know. You just, it's just so weird how we like lie to ourselves. Also, I was going to say, I, for whatever reason, I thought you were going to talk about this, like this Instagram. I've been following this guy on Instagram, but I cannot think of his name right now. Um, you so mean it's like gonna... how I thought Army Hammer was Eddie Redmayne? Because that still cracks me up. <laughs> so this is like, this is me. It's like when I quote memes and I can't read them correctly, or I'm like, the meme was funny, but this is how it is. And it's like not funny when I describe it, where it's like, this guy does like these musical responses to like these crazy videos where like, I don't know, like, one person was like, how could you think that black lives matter, but blue lives don't matter or something? And he and he does this thing, he's like, he, like, does these, like, clapping, like, these really excellent, like, kind of um, alternative videos where, and then, like, he has, like, one song called, like, Turtlenecks and Blazers. And they're just, like, so funny and, like, kind of sweet. But, and there was another one that was, like, this like self-proclaimed like dating guy he was talking about how if a a woman or a girl doesn't want to have sex like if you can just pressure her like underneath it she actually does and he did this response and he's like you should just delete your account this might be the worst video I've ever seen and I don't know why but I thought that's what you were going to talk about it's an excellent response he's like you might need serious help I'm not trying to be mean It's really good. I hope I can quote what his name is. But, like, he, like, literally, yeah, I know, it's horrific. Literally. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I can tell you what his name is. It's excellent. His name is Austin Archer underscore the band. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Thank you, because I'm, like, I'm now scrambling to try to find a way to type that. <laughs> it's amazing. What? I'm going to send it to you right now so you have it. But, honestly, I follow him, and he's, like, super funny. Like, his videos are just, like, they're, like, little commentaries. Or one was, like, liberals don't think that they are uh or they're like they don't believe in individualism and she's like he's like just because you had a you picked a fight and you were wrong does that make you a victim yes I have seen that I have seen that because that's yes yes I love the hypocrisy of that you picked a fight you're losing that does not make you a victim that makes you a dumbass it's like it's like just because you lost a fight doesn't make you a victim it's really really cute and he's just adorable and I'm like I have seen he did yes I have seen those videos that that was funny that was really funny because uh, the privilege. Can I tell you the only other Instagram video that's like made my life better is that little um what are they called it's like those mini greyhounds not a whippet but the other ones yes yes Love it, wear didn't this. wear it. Love it. Love it. Didn't wear it. <laughs> couldn't wear it. Love it. Couldn't wear it. I watch this yes. video, I'm not joking, once a week because it just I, makes me laugh. I think I've seen you post it on your Instagram <laughs> stories like once no, a week. No, and I'm they're like, new. They're new videos. It's not the same video. She's, yeah, Vogue did an article on her and she did like an, a video of it. Yeah. That's hilarious. I did not realize they were new videos every time. I just hear the clip, I hear the audio, and I'm like, oh, it's that again. So it's just like. <laughs> The first time I heard that video, I, I watched it on repeat for, I'm not joking, like, at least five minutes. I was just, like, cracking oh, up. Um, that brings up a great transition to my article because dogs. 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 Cool, dogs perfect. are great. We so love them. I was like, how do we get out of this topic? But I also I, talking about a funny thing. I, I can try to transition at the drop of a dime. If I, if I get a, woo, I'm like, all right, here's how we tie this back in. Here we go. Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> so here we are. So speaking of things we can't do in 2020 slash 2021 slash COVID, traveling. Travel is not really something we should be doing. So unless, don't do it. Like, please, please be be responsible. Be responsible for the reasons as to why you are traveling. Yeah, limit Um, it. Just, you know, if you need to go somewhere, we understand. It's, I haven't gone anywhere in like a year and a half. 
you know, but I will probably go somewhere in the next three months. Hopefully. Knock on wood. Yes. Knock on wood. Being safe, being responsible, that's the important thing. So I have an article from the New York Times, and it's probably going to piss a lot of people off. But guess what? Don't care. It needs to be a conversation we have to have, because if I had a nickel for every time I've seen people that abuse this, I'd be rich. Wait, really? Because I've never seen somebody with a... I'll see you keep going. Tell them about your thing, and I'll say I've never seen anybody with that. I will tell you. So the U.S. to limit service animals on planes to dogs only. So when I mean service animals, they're kind of specifically referencing this idea of emotional support animals, not a service animal in terms of like, this is my seeing eye dog or this is my, you know, trained like canine partner. We're talking about the emotional support animals. So... Emotional support the birds animals. and the kangaroos and stuff. And the alligators and the miniature horses and the tiny pigs. Stop hey, it. Stop I want it. all of those things. The peacock. No, stop it. <gasps> I actually, can I tell you, I was so excited. We actually found our first lizard in our porch the day ago, and I took a picture of it. I was so excited. I was like, look at it. <laughs> I love it. live down there now, and I'm like, oh, my God, what do you mean a lizard? I would have oh, no. yeeted myself. Well, that's cute. And then also, okay, sorry. I actually sent this. This is a real text conversation because he like my husband sent me a picture and he was like eating lunch by a pond. Mm -hmm. And I said, see any alligators? And he sent me this picture and I was like, there's no alligator there, but there is an alligator there. It's just a tiny one. No. By the tree. No. You see this? No. I can't see it. It's super fuzzy. Yeah. Oh, that thing? Okay. Uh Yeah. No. But honestly, I'm like, yeah, I would like a peacock and I would like a mini pig and I want to take them everywhere with me. I totally understand why people do this, even though it's rude as fuck. I get it. I can validate it. I can see where you're coming from. But (laughs) (laughs) the problem has been, though, and I'm going to get into the article that explains a little bit more and it probably is going to talk about it because, you know, my brain kind of latches onto things. There's a difference between a service animal and an emotional support animal. Emotional support animals for a lot of folks have not been trained to provide and perform a service. They are not in that same caliber. It's a feel good. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a animal that is providing an emotional comfort to you. So for some folks, they are miss, they're abusing that. They're abusing that privilege of having that. And then a lot of injuries, illness, like things have happened on flights I mean, for people. Also, I know. So I've heard of them attacking, but even when I worked at yeah. Target when I was 16, a guy brought in a service dog and then, mm-hmm. and I can tell you for a fact, the dog wasn't a service dog because you know what it did? It shit on the floor and I had to clean it no, up. Service yeah. dogs don't do that. They're not they supposed to be. so well. Correct. That's, that's yeah. the thing. That, and that's the, the loopholes you have to think about when you think about service dogs. You have to be able to kind of remember that your service dog doesn't also necessarily mean they're scotch free. Like, if they are unable to maintain themselves, they are if they are destroying property, they can be asked to leave the premises. Um, you can't ask like what your condition is, but you can ask like what has your service dog been trained to do? What is your service dog performing? Like what is like what's going on there? But you can't ask like why do you have the dog? No, don't do that. That's now violating rights. But you can ask like well, what is this this service animal doing? Like how you can also- that service? In many circumstances, can't ask to see papers or any valid or like verification that the dog is certified for anything. Correct. So that's why with emotional support animals, this has definitely become thing that's popped up a lot more because of housing restrictions and things like that. People not having the ability to have a dog or have a cat in their home due to HOAs. So some folks have kind of like 
done a little circle around and said like it's my emotional support animal and they can kind of get around that housing requirement which is why you know some folks have really taken to that college campuses get asked that all the time like this is my emotional support hamster so they have to be in the room with me and it's like well uh, I don't know also can I just say I'm like I'm so I understand because I understand that animals do destroy property, but I'm like, why don't you just have people pay a higher deposit or something? It's so silly that like so many places are like, also they're always super comfortable with you having a small dog or a cat. Cat piss is awful. It's so hard to get out of anything. And also my big dog hasn't gone to the bathroom in the house like pretty much ever. And my little dog, if I don't take her out exactly at the time she goes, she'll pee like in front of me. And like, and not that I let my animals pee in the house because I I take her out regularly, but I'll be like, are you fucking kidding me? Did you just pee here? And like, it's because she's a little asshole dog. Big dogs don't do that. Little dogs. I've had more run-ins with little dogs being Uh bitey or aggressive Uh than I have with big dogs and they're always like bring them in and I'm like you really think the little dog is better than the big dog you're full of shit there's a little dog that lives here and it is very aggressive like there have been times where I'm like Jesus Christ and Scout will even be like oh god I'm sorry yeah you're you're scary and tiny uh, (laughs) but okay that's just my rant like let the buildings yeah, so that's that's, that's our rant before we get into the actual article from the New York Times. No, we have more. <laughs> I feel like we've been discussing the article. No, exactly. No, sorry. So this article is from December 2nd, 2020. And since this article, I do believe one or two airlines had actually come out and said that they're not allowing ESA animals on. I can't remember exactly. So you might need to do some research on your own on that one. But I thought it was like you, uh, American Airlines and one other were like, if it's an emotional support animal, it's No. Yeah. It's a no. It's a no for me, dog. Also, like, I was just um, when you were saying this, I I don't know this for sure, but I, I thought that the emotional support animals you didn't have to pay a fee for. But if you take your little dog on a plane, like I want to fly with my Daisy, it's eighty dollars, and they mm-hmm. rec- and they and they limit how many animals can be there. Correct. But I don't know if the emotional support thing had the same um, like quota. Yeah, I can't remember as well because I think if it's one of those like it's just a dog as a passenger like it, you have to pay for it. But I think that was where people were getting all fired up because they were like, well, if it's a service animal, it needs to be there. So we're not going to have you pay yeah. for it. But now that they're trying to change the rules, I think it's now you have to pay a ticket or it has to be done ahead of time. I oh, my God. If I didn't, I had someone once tell me, like, I'm just going to show up at the airport with my dog and see what happens. They're going to let me on the plane. And I'm like, no, please don't do that. Like, please don't do that. Yeah. And it was just like, also, the emotional support thing, the one thing that I would say is it probably should be able to fit underneath your seat. Like, I know that, but like, like a mini well, horse. I'm like, where does that go? In the hallway? In the aisle? Well, there have been some dogs that I've seen, like, th- they're trained. That's why sometimes they'll have, like, the airports will, ha- like, open them up mm-hmm. for service dogs to train to be under the seats or be under yeah. in yeah. that little space. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, like, a German Shepherd or a lab. Like, they can, like, wiggle their way in. And they in know. There, and yeah. they know what they're supposed to do because they're supposed to – they are a trained animal to do a job. <laughs> so I'm going to jump back into the article. Here we go. The federal government gave its final approval on Wednesday to a set of rules that clamp down on the type of service animals allowed on U.S. flights, reserving the designation for dogs and freeing airlines from having to accommodate a variety of emotional support animals. The change, which drew more than 50,000 public comments since the Department of Transportation proposed them at the beginning of the year, will take effect next month. This was um, written in December. They have kindled an intense debate among the airlines, advocates for people with disabilities who rely on service animals, and the passenger rights group 
and came as a growing number of travelers have taken a variety of animals on flights in recent years. Most recently, transportation regulators have said that dogs, cats, and miniature horses should be prioritized as service animals by airlines. But passengers have tried to travel with monkeys, birds, rabbits, raising eyebrows of other passengers and testing airline policies. Monkeys. Monkeys. Could you imagine on being on a flight with a monkey? <laughs> oh, I'd love it. I'd I like, would love it. I'd be like, can I touch your monkey? <laughs> I'd be like, how in the world did you get that? What is going on here? So, all right. So this article, I think, gets into it a little bit more. So federal transportation officials said Wednesday that disruptions caused by taking unusual species abroad aboard airlines has eroded the public's trust in legitimate service animals and that there were increasing cases of travelers fraudulently reporting or I'm sorry, fraudulently representing their pets as service animals. So that's the other thing too. I think people are just showing up with their pets, say their pet. It's a service animal. It's a service animal and just kind of trying to get it on board without having to pay for it. Like I've had times where I've looked for flights with Scout and I'm like, he's not a service animal. I'm not going to fucking do that. But there are some airlines Have that will. Have you shipped them? Hell no. No, oh, no. Okay. But like, yeah. yeah it would I, but it, it would be like kind of like what you said with Daisy. Like if I was to take Daisy on the flight, like it would be $80 for a ticket. She'd have to well, sit on my or whatever the rule so be. The problem is, though, that the dog, they have to fit into a carrier that can fit underneath the seat. So big right. dogs typically have to go under the plate unless they're a service animal or, and yeah. But this was back when Scott was a, a baby puppy and I was Aww, like, oh, he in my lap so I could have done yeah, yeah, so he could have fit in a carrier underneath the seat. Yeah. When, but now that I'm like, he's, he's too big. But he he yeah, grown, he grown, man. <laughs> I, I also, I have like, I've heard that shipping them is very dangerous. And I've always been like, like Alice has always been like, we could move to another country. I'm like, I don't want my dogs going underneath the plane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I don't want that either. And I think that's why some folks have also kind of thrown up like a red flag. They're like, well, if you treated them better and they weren't like cargo, then it would be totally different conversation. They they literally die. Yes. Like they've been known to die underneath the plane. And you can, you can only ship them underneath the plane during certain months too, because it can't get too hot. It can't get too cold because it's not temperature regulated underneath the plane. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, uh-uh, got to make sure they're probably knocked out too. So what- You can't. No, uh, you're not supposed to sedate them. You actually no. have to like make sure that they're up and like they can't be sedated and they're supposed to have like one thing of water. We actually shipped a friend's cat to Hong Kong. The cat wow. was totally fine, but we had to like learn all this stuff because I was like, are we supposed to give it anything? They're like, you can't. And I'm like, okay. Ah, good to know. Yeah. I did not know that. So, all right. It says the new rules require airlines to treat psychiatric service animals the same as other service animals. So I've seen this for people who have like panic attack disorder, like things like that, where yes, that is a trained service animal and has a, you know, trained response and things to do different than someone who maybe is in a wheelchair or needs other mobility related concerns or seizures or epilepsy. So keeping that in mind, trained service animal. The owners of those service animals must provide documentation developed by the transportation department attesting to the animal's health, behavior, and training. Before, they didn't require that, which is why a lot of these kind of had to were flying under the radar. Passengers traveling with service animals will no longer be required to physically check in at the airport instead of on... Oh, wait, what was this? Passengers traveling with service animals will no longer be required to physically check in at the airport instead of online. The new rule stops short of banning emotional support animals outright, but proponents said the airline would no longer have to accommodate non-service animals in the cabin. Some airlines, including Delta and Southwest, said they were reviewing their policies on taking animals on flights. And some airlines allow passengers to take small pets in the cabin for a fee. So like we were talking about. The lobbying group Airlines for America, which included all the major U.S. carriers, welcomed the changes. The Department of Transportation's final rule will protect the traveling 
traveling public and airline crew members from untrained animals in the cabin, as well as improved air travel accessibility for passengers with disabilities that travel with trained service dogs, the group's president, Nicholas E. Kalino, said in a statement on Wednesday. Some advocates from people with disabilities said the new rules were too rigid and didn't take into accommodation travels with special needs. There's a large number of people with intellectual and emotional disabilities that benefit from having that kind of support on a trip. Kurt Decker, the executive director of the National Disability Rights Network, said in an interview on Wednesday night. Mr. Decker said that the travelers with disabilities were being penalized because of other people abusing the system and that airlines had brought the problem on themselves by charging costly fees for transporting pets in cargo holds. There's no one in, in, in the disability community that thinks a turkey is a service animal, Mr. Decker said. True. <laughs> That's fair. True. And I think that goes back to the, there was an article I was reading too from like my electronic medical record system mm -hmm. kind of sends out letters and, and just like kind of updates and things. And it was just like, we reviewed the policies from different boards and it's very like loosey goosey with writing letters for ESA. So like, unless you have been trained in assessing the need, the, the relationship, like you probably shouldn't be writing these letters for folks. So I think because it also as a clinical practice has been loosey goosey for our professions, it also isn't something that we as therapists have could been had trained on. So I think that's also why there's been this response. These questions too, like all of these like gray areas of like, what should we do? Also, like, it means, like, so everybody who's involved has no idea what the heck is going on, including the consumers who are trying to bring these animals on, including, like, the professionals who are writing the notes, including the airlines who are like, should we let them on? What do we do? Yeah. So this is trying to clear it up. And, I mean, unfortunately, it's going to put more restrictions or, or fortunately. I, what would I, I do if a turkey was it. on your plane? Like, what would you do? Because, I mean, I like animals, why? but turkeys are mean. That's why I'm saying why. Like, what do you mean? Like, her peacock have you seen that one where it's like the lady brings a peacock there was a picture of a peacock and it says like newark airport and i'm like are you fucking kidding me i was like can i pet it i i don't know about you chris but like i i actually have a thing on my website that says like i do not write emotional support um animal letters i do not do that i have not been trained on assessing for esa accommodation support things like that so like i i make that very clear to people just yeah. because it's not something i'm trained on it's not something i have a background in and I would not feel comfortable practicing outside my scope and writing a letter for someone when it's not my area yeah. to assess for that. And I think that's something that we as clinicians need to be better about in terms of like, that's an ethical standard within social work. We say like, you're not supposed to, and you shouldn't practice outside your area of scope without consultation and education. And unfortunately, I think because it became this like, just write this letter. It's fine. Animals are great. We love animals. Like, I don't think we took it as seriously and didn't think about the ripple effect yeah. until it got so bad and we're like why the fuck is there a peacock on my goddamn plane <laughs> like when you're talking about like this you're like yeah i love animals like i also think that like emotional support animals are very very valid like yes. i definitely think that my dogs have improved my quality of life and when i've been like very depressed and very anxious like they have helped like they've yeah. they've been very beneficial but yeah like where's the line and th it also doesn't seem like like, I'm like, which, which regulating board is going to have to come up with these, like, qualifiers and these different things, like, in the instructions? Like, and, like, I, I have no answer for that. I'm like, is it going to be, like, like APA gonna, or, like, I wonder if it's gonna be, Yeah, I wonder if it's going to have to be, a, like, a DSM kind of thing. Like, hey, this is how and what. Like, there's got to be some kind of expectations because when there's no expectations or it's very loose, people can misuse, abuse it. And it's like, 
what does that mean? What does that look like? And then the other thing too, again, these are not trained animals. Like it's not like a service animal who's trained to open the door to retrieve these things, to fetch your medication, to help you get help when you have had a seizure. This is an animal that is just providing emotional comfort and support in those instances. And so that's why it, it, it's hard because then how do you follow up with that with people and say like, okay, well, here's the training and where, where do people <laughs> go and get these trainings? Like, I don't know. So that's something that I think also needs to be, I think there needs to be a complete overhaul if I'm being a thousand percent honest. That's just my own personal opinion Yeah. Um, because it is so fast and loose and very open for interpretation but things should always be clear especially in this thing and you know it's like yeah. I know I've, you and I have talked about this recently like I am looking at private practice stuff and even like with the telehealth and everything being so vague with that like I emailed my board and they were like you should look at the NSA NASW about this and I'm like no 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 I'm making sure I don't get in trouble with your state board I want to make sure like you know mm-hmm. like and, yeah. and it's super weird that like nobody wants to take responsibility or write explicit rules or they're yeah. like, whoa, and it's like, okay, yep. but you know who takes on the, the, uh, the liability. Yeah. It does. Yeah. 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 It's just very much like hot potato, not my problem until it becomes a problem kind of thing. Like that was what sparked my attention on it a while ago was this woman who did an online ESA for someone and then she got like, um, had a charge against her because she's like, you gave this person an, a letter for an ESA. You live in California. This person's in Colorado. Like how, she why? Both those places? No. I don't, I don't know. See, that was the thing. I don't think she was. Yeah. So I think that was the other thing too. It was the crossing, crossing state lines, quote yeah. unquote, online component. But also how can you provide a thorough assessment on that in a one hour? In one session too? Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, also then I think about like the poor airline where they're like, no, we do take uh, emotional support animals, but then like what happens when that thing attacks? And I know that they've bitten people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I saw that in another article too, just like there, they, there have been airline workers who've said, "I, I have been bit more often than not by emotional support animals than I have by any other kind of animal. That is so scary. Also, also people who like are not careful with their pets really piss me off because like uh, if your thing is aggressive in any shape, way, shape or form, like you have to take responsibility for it. Like you can't let that bite people or other animals. Like you, were you just in, you were just in my house then about an hour ago. Cause that little dog was like, <gasps> bah, 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 bah. and I was like, Adam, if it was us, like, well, if it was scout, like, what would we be he's doing? So he's mad. like, he's like, scout would be going to classes. He would, we would be working on this behavior. Like, that's not okay. And I'm also like, people think it's super don't... cute when they're tiny and when they're big, it's fucking scary. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it is scarier because obviously like, if Daisy bites you, it's less damage than if my big dog bites you, but like, it's not cute. It's no. not cute at all. Oh, I yeah. So, anywho, back to the article. <laughs> no, no, no. Whatever. This is isn't our current event thing just like this. And I think we've all we've discussed like relevant things. Yes. So, Douglas Kidd, the executive director of the National Association of Airline Passengers, a nonprofit organization, said in an interview on Wednesday night that the new rules fail to address providing adequate space for service animals on planes. He said that a series of high-profile episodes of animals dying while being shipped on planes has given rise to passengers attempting to take their pets on board. Yeah. I'm going to be a little bit of a bitter bitch right now. Mm. The world does not revolve around you. I mean, also, like, I mean, it would be nice. Minus if, like, Hong Kong, like international no, but, travel, sure. I mean, like, let's even say, like, 
maybe you don't have a car too, or like, let's say you got a new job or like you have to go visit your mom and you don't have a ton of money, but like you could pay the, I, I don't know. Underneath the plane, I think is like maybe $200. Maybe you can play, like maybe your mom is really ill and you have to fly from California to Maine and you have to ship your dog with you. Cause you're going to go stay with her and take care of her. It, it is shitty to think, Oh, I have to figure out either if I can store my dog somewhere or maybe I can take my dog with me for a month, but will they die while they're being shipped underneath the plane? Like I have literally told Alex, like if you got a job in another country, I would maybe wait here until our big dog died because I'm not going to ship him. I don't want him to die underneath the plane alone. See, that's where I'm like, we're renting a car then we're, you we're... can't go to another country. And then also like, if we think about well, another who don't country, have that income, sure. but like, but, but, like California to Maine, like, but what if they... you don't have the income to rent a car and you don't have if four days to do it? are flying overnight that quickly, oh. like a thousand dollar flight, roughly to get like, a flight that but quickly. Even, like, let's say you're going in two weeks or like, let's say your, your mom was diagnosed with cancer and you're a college student. You have to like go home now and you can't be, in, you know what I mean? Like there are, can anyone watch my where, dog? Like, but sometimes I think I can't. And you know that. Yes, I do know that. And that's why I'm saying, like, if if that was my situation, I would – that, shipping my dog, bringing the dog on the plane, if it's not something that I can do, that would be plan Z squared. Like, (laughs) I would be exercising all other options. But you and I have, like, the ability and the resources and, like, the ways to figure this out. Like, we have friends. We have enough money to do things. We got it. But I do think, like, there have been times in my life where, like, where it would have been a lot easier, like, if I could have shipped. Like, when I had that thing where I got, like, I had to move out of that person's house abruptly, where I, like, was, like, I'm going to drive 15 hours to my mom's house and drop my dogs off and, like, then go back to work in two days. Like, I was literally trying to figure out how to do that. Where I'm, like, it's – the situation's stupid. Like, why don't you just make it safer? Like, why don't you have a special area? Why don't you change your That's, policies on this? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think – yeah, I think about that, too. If I was to bring, like, Scout in an airport with me th- – that would be such a deterrent all on its own because he would be such like a spat as stick like yeah. a little mess that I'm like, I will literally do anything else but that. Yeah, no, no, agree. I think agree. it's knowing your animal. I think it's knowing, you know, what you can do with it. And then you're right, like that idea of, okay, the plane in and of itself, is there a way to structure the plane a little differently? Should should you be in the back? Like, hey, I have my pet with me. Get in the back. You're first. going. You're yeah. going on first, and you're getting to the back of the bus. Like, yeah. Also, though, when you ship an animal, you actually have to bring them to the cargo drop-off usually, which is like in a whole different thing. You don't even have to go through the airport. So, like, uh, if you're shipping them, you bring them in their crate and you hand them to a person, and then they take them on a little trolley over there. But no, my, yeah, I'm going to. I'm just going to veto that right away. Yeah. Yeah. that my, scout is not leaving my eyesight if we're traveling that is absolutely never yeah. happening <laughs> yeah, that, but that's when you ship them underneath the plane that's what happened no. I don't know it was like a really interesting eye-opening process when we shipped that cat to Hong Kong I was like oh like the cat was totally cool the cat didn't give it the cat was like the, the most cat give cat a ever. <laughs> she, he really didn't like also like you know sometimes you like they were like he might not want to go in the carrier but we like put him in the carrier like no fight he was like well, I'm going in the carrier he just like sat there and then he meowed a little bit and we took him out and held him and he was totally fine and we just put him back in like perfect. it was a very chill cat yeah perfect specimen um so they kind of go on and say animals are living things they're not just baggage yes agreed, agreed 100 actually yeah they're what no debate like what <laughs> sorry airlines treat them like their baggage so they, they literally go on the conveyor belt they'll get smushed they um yeah so that's actually kind of what it follows up with if the airlines took better care of animals in their in their charts then people would be more likely to ship them so maybe that's the problem that needs to be addressed more directly like how what is our process and what can we do how can we structure it a little differently 
Does that mean taking out a few seats in the back and making sure well, that we put those crates in there? But the problem is that airlines are only going to do things that make them money. So, like, but you know what? Yeah, but that's true. And here's my thought: if I was told, "Hey, you can cargo your dog for eighty dollars," or I think it's you like can two hundred under the plane or something. All right, so two hundred under the plane. But if I was told, "Hey, for one hundred and fifty dollars, like the upgrading the seats," oh yeah, I was told for one hundred fifty dollars more, my dog can be in his crate in the back of the bus. And when we get off the plane, he's coming out at the tail end. Like, you're wheeling your grandmother out. Yeah. Like, if that... No, no, great. I would, I would spend yeah, $500 easy. Me too. Just to and I do think people would take the plane advantage. behind yeah. me, in his crate. I can grab him. Like, I, easy. 100%. Airlines out there. I got a money-making thing for you. Rip some seats <laughs> out. You can charge double. And yeah. you know that the person's actually going to be, like, much more thankful. I so mean, my advice. Though. I have so many things to say about them. They're you know what though? With COVID, crazy. I'm hoping they they kind of readjust because they're gonna have to make some to kind of changes. So I don't know, they never make changes besides like making the seats smaller and like giving you less baggage and like they're less like people traveling though, Chris. Like well, I now, yeah. But I feel like okay, when I was like little, I remember they like I'd fly like when I was a kid to California by myself, and they'd give you like a full meal, and I remember being like super comfortable, and like it was always like yeah, like a little sandwich, and now it's like. Do you want to pay for crackers? And then they're like, you, bring you have to pay for a, a fucking carry on for some of these. And I'm like, really? Like, no, Delta, okay. Delta has been uh, a. There's me. a few. What's the other one? The JetBlue is lovely. JetBlue is lovely. And they're like cheap, but like they give you all the snacks and they're. Just, people I are have those Biscoff cookies that <gasps> I'm just like, those. oh, yeah. love you. Mm, yum, yum. <laughs> yeah, no, there are definitely. Like, I have. um. My credit card is through Delta because I rack up those those points. Because yep. I told Adam, I was just like, if we're if we're ever traveling abroad, like we're getting the business class seats. Like I I ain't flying no bitch ass coach. <laughs> I did that once, and I was like, my neck hurts. <laughs> I the last time I true I flew international, they gave me one of those those seats that are at, like the beginning of the plane. So in theory, like this would be great, like where you have like a ton of space but they were like oh you can't have anything underneath your seat and I was like you're yes. fucking kidding me so actually they put my carry-on bag like up five rows up five yeah. rows up and I was like are you joking like this isn't convenient for I have to walk this far in the oh my god also I hate that's flying. actually a good like, point I actually know yeah. I was thinking like if the front of the plane could be made for animal storage then because it's already that open space but actually you probably need the back so you're not getting the disruptive animal exactly so yeah okay thoughts thoughts feelings opinions moving on the association of flight attendants the trade union that represents nearly 50,000 flight attendants at 20 airlines said in a statement that guidance from the federal government has been sorely needed passengers claiming pets as emotional support animals have threatened the safety and health of passengers and crew in recent years the union president sarah nelson said in the statement flight attendants have been hurt and safety has been compromised by untrained animals losing the cabin sounds about right yep mona ramuni I think that's how you say R-A-M-O-U-N-I-40, a Michigan resident who is blind and has relied heavily on her miniature horse, Callie, while flying, bemoaned the rule changes. She said her horse, which is 29 inches tall, weighs 170 pounds. Jesus oh Christ. Okay, I'm like, what the 29 fuck? 29 inches tall is so small and it's so condensed. He weighs 170 something pounds. That's, yeah, that's a linebacker. What? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Callie, the linebacker. Fits into an area in front of the bulkhead seats of the plane, which is better trained 
and is was better trained than most service dogs had in a longer lifespan. I mean, okay, so here's the thing. Miniature horses are usually pretty good, so okay. That's neat. I want I can, a miniature horse. That's so cool. Miniature horses are good little ponies. So now I can't go anywhere with my horse? Good <laughs> question, Mark. question. Mrs. Ramoni said in the interview on Wednesday night, this is completely unfair. This is not something I do because it's fun. It's something I do because I want to have a semi-normal life. How did she get a horse? Where'd that come from? I'm super curious about the horse. Mini horse, right? Yeah, but like, why a horse? What do you mean? Like, is that preference? Did like, I don't know. I just am curious about the choice of horse. Like, I think that's more where I'm coming from. That's a good point, though. Like, should horses be included in that? If they're, again, if it's an idea, if it's being a trained animal. Yeah, I don't know enough about that, but it seems like she's saying that that's her guide animal, right? So that, I, I don't know. So I feel like that would be different than like an emotional support animal because yeah uh, no 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 great no no because if it's doing a trained thing but like also I don't know no, I don't maybe, know so so they said in that earlier thing the transit association says you need to have paperwork but she's also physically it says she's blind so I don't know that's a weird thing so maybe there's uh, was but also there's when you said earlier didn't there's you say dogs. horses and dogs were allowed I thought I did I thought it was like cats horses. What the fuck here. does a cat do? Well, you can't train cats to do things. Come on. Cats can be, uh, yeah, okay. So I don't know what she's talking about because uh, I don't know this woman and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know enough about these rules either. What she's talking about. Because it says most, okay, so backing up, it says most recently transportation regulars have said that dogs, cats, and miniature horses should ha- be prioritized as service animals. Because I thought miniature horses for a long time were. So I don't know what she's referencing. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the fear that dogs and cats are going to take priority and miniature horses are not going to be treated with that again. Why cats? What do cats do? I've never met a cat service animal. Never. Never. That's a good point. I mean, I've seen a lot of old ladies with cats, so I wonder if they have their own emotional kind of qualms. No, and emotional support. I don't don't question whether a cat provides emotional support, but did they provide a service? Like, can they lead the blind? Question, Chris. I didn't even think about that Smell part. Your seizures or whatever. Uh, now, okay. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What can cats be trained <laughs> to do? <laughs> a loaded much. question. Um, service animals. Because I don't think what? cats have that like ability to want to please generally. See, this is how it works for me. You know how I said it earlier in your in the episode, like. How do C-sections work? This is like yeah. how it works for my brain. I'm like, yeah, how do C-sections work? Ew, C-sections are gross. Don't look that up. I'm not doing that. That's a lie. Yeah. Um, I read a lot about that recently where it was like, oh, they don't actually cut through your muscle. They try to find the line in the muscle. And I'm like, Bleh. no. No. Okay. So it says, according to the Americans with Disability Acts, so this is usserviceanimal.org saying, um, what is a service animal? A service animal are defined as dogs that are individually trained to do work or perform tasks for people with disability. However, the ADA also has provisions for miniature horse that have been trained to provide assistance to people with disabilities. Uh, no but, cats. But, but, I was right. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything with cats. Yeah, it looks like cats are more therapy animals to help with loneliness, loss of a loved one, learning disabilities, autism. Autism, I could see. Any of that. But I mean, any kind of like mental disorder. Yeah, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're lovely. I love cats, but like, they're not 
exactly easily trainable. Like, you're not like, can you take me across the street? Like, okay, so we, like how I just said, service animals are trained in trained animals to provide a service. According to the ADA, support animals provide companionship, relieve loneliness, and sometimes help with depression, anxiety, and certain phobias, but do not have special training to perform tasks that assist people with disabilities. Even though some states have laws defining therapy animals, these animals are not limited are not yeah are not limited to working with people with disabilities and therefore are not covered by federal laws protecting the use of service animals. So they are recognized as reasonable accommodations under the Fair Housing Act FFHA. This means that housing prov- uh, providers cannot forbid emotional support animals, uh, whereas emotional support animals are generally restricted to certain dogs, cats, even birds. There's no strict guidelines dictating which species can and cannot be a support animal. So okay, so that's yeah, so that's takeaway service animal is some is an animal that is providing a service that has been trained to do so emotional support animal is just helping with these emotional support related needs typically more often than not has not been trained to provide a specific service so i'm sorry fluffy cannot come on the plane with you but unless you pay eighty dollars and you put them in a, in a carrier that feels reasonable to me when i moved to california when it was feasible. if you're in a carrier yeah. underneath the seat fine yeah your thing yeah i support it i support you <laughs> and that is my article okay we are passed we at, through no i loved it i thought it was really good are we at the end of our time i think so fantastic thanks yeah. guys oh no i don't want to say that anymore i'm not saying guys that's it's super gendered and i'm trying to take it on my vocabulary thanks all Hi, humans thanks people 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 around the world bye folks <laughs> join hands <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.